Welcome to House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Come on in, take your shoes off, take your hat off, throw something on the living room table, and come on in next to the fireplace because today we are joined by our very good friend, a longtime good friend of mine. He's a comedian, he's a pro wrestling journalist over at Sports Kita. He is Kevin Kellum. Kevin, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me here this morning. Well, look at us just chasing that pig again, aren't we here? Look at it, that. Some it, old school references there. It is a it is a throwback to our heyday of doing the <laughs> Wrestle Zone daily. Anybody Wrestle Zone? Yeah, anytime anyone brings it up, I have to sing this song. I have to there are still thing. catch the pig fans out there, Kevin. <laughs> These are references that a dozen people from 2015 get. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I'll let, it's not that complicated. So, like, I am from Texas, where there mm-hmm. is a lot of livestock, right? And when we used to do the Wrestle Zone daily. And a wrestler would do something great or good. And I should bring this back, right? Um, I really should. When somebody would do something really good, I'd be like, that person caught the pig, which is like a state fair reference. We're like, congratulations. You really you've did done, it. You've done it. You caught yeah. the pig, right? Maybe we'll have some pig catchers on the show here today. Maybe we should label some people having caught the pig today. Kevin. We had a fan of the show that spoke as if they were the official pig. Mm-hmm. And would tweet as said pig. Yeah, uh, it it was uh, it was quite ridiculous. Yeah, but a lot to get into. A lot of numbers this week. Uh, a lot of numbers this week in pro wrestling that people are talking about, man. Yeah, numbers, people, places, all kinds of things to get in here to today. And of course, if you're watching us right now in video form, you're watching us on Premier Streaming Network, noon Eastern. That is where you're going to see every episode of House of Wrestling go out first Tuesday, Thursday. It is me. It's a cavalcade of people. Sometimes we have special guests on the show. So head on over to Premier Streaming Network. Catch House of Wrestling in video form first there. Then head on over to the podcast area or wait about an hour later. Find us on the House of Wrestling podcast feed. Uh, And of course, House of Wrestling is a website. We do a lot of news. Houseofwrestling.com. H-A-U-S of Wrestling.com. Exclusives, interviews, got stuff up covering Mr. Stone from NXT right now. I uh, got a big guest I'm bringing on on Wednesday. You're going to get some coverage of, or I guess that's tomorrow. Um, so lots of great content over at houseofwrestling.com. And pretty much everything we're going to talk about here on the run sheet today has been written about in some form over on the site or will be written about here very, very shortly. So if you want mm-hmm. even more insight into these stories, head on over to houseofwrestling.com. Um, and that's all the shilling I have at the top here, Kevin. Are you ready? Do you want to talk some pro wrestling news? So much, man. I'm getting texts from uh, from the team at Sports Key today about different things that are popping off, and so we're we're busy, dude. Not uh, we're all over the clock, man. I got I got people in India. I got people in uh, London. I got to talk to. Uh, I got people in the Central Time Zone, which is the one that feels most comfortable and cozy to me. Uh, but yeah, a lot to talk about. Some stuff I think that may aggravate some billionaires somewhere. Uh, and then they make some other billionaires really happy. A little bit of a tease there for you. Are you exhausted right now, by the way, Kevin? Because I got the you accepted my invite for this show at like three o'clock in the morning. This yes. is like way too early for a Chicago comedian to be doing punditry right now. <laughs> yeah, because usually I'm wrapping up the day at that point. Uh, but there's some, you know, there's some calls you have that are international and you start getting on the, on the ringer with some people and you're like, oh, wait, it's 4 a.m. I got to get to sleep. You know, and I work in radio as well, so uh, I'm on, I'm literally on air ten minutes after you and I are done here, mm-hmm. and then I'm on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. My mom said you were chasing one microphone to the next, and I'm literally doing it, but at least staying in one place while I do it. So that, that's nice. Yeah. Um. Well, you're here now, Kevin. We have your full attention, wide awake. And for by the way, uh, before we get to the news, uh, I uh, I for those that have reached out, yes, my neck is doing better. Going to get an X-ray and MRI here. Uh, and the next two weeks, we'll find out really what's going on inside here. How many Tiger Driver 91 jokes have people made? Nobody's made. You're the first, right? But that's, I think, at the root of it. I was on the Indies, and I was like, give me a Tiger Driver 91. Let's just get it going, you know? <laughs> Got to work smart, brother. Got to yep. work smart. Young Kenneth Omega here, dropping me on her... <laughs> William Osprey. No, I'm doing great. And I got to uh, I got to be put on steroids here because of the you're uh, on the gas well i wrapped it up this morning i took my very last pill i have a site a six-day dose last smallest dose here today but man uh yes steroids are great it worked so well (laughs) by the way i'm sure that clip is going to get ripped out right there 
I feel great. I do. I feel really good. Uh, I feel better. I shouldn't say great. I feel Internet much troll. Nick yeah. Houseman says steroids are great. Steroids are great. It was good. Help my neck. So, all right. I wanted to throw that out there. I didn't want to forget. Okay, let's get into the news here. All right. Now, this first story here, man, talk about controversy, Kevin. This story right here, I didn't think it was that controversial, but holy hell, we have received more feedback on this, more traffic on this than just about anything. So we're going to lead off with it here today. we got a lot of WWE stuff to get to here. But over in AEW World, Fightful put out this report and said AEW has made Orange Cassidy a producer or agent. A couple of recent matches, he's produced Infantry versus The Kingdom over on Ring of Honor. And he also did this AEW Rampage match between Big Bill and Brian Cage versus Matt Seidel and Trent. That was the match that set up Big Bill and Brian Cage for MJF and Adam Cole in the Blind Eliminator Tournament Finals. And... That match got rave reviews. They set up these these two big men, Big Bill and Brian Cage, who I guess really enjoy working together. They looked great coming out of that match. I think some people wanted them to beat MJF and Adam Cole because of how good they looked in that match. What's the controversy, though? What's the, the issue? Con- Why so, are so people mad about this? So here, let me finish the story. I haven't finished the story. Okay, so Orange Cassie's an agent, right? Yeah. He sits on the headsets. He makes sure the match runs on time. Uh-huh. He helps put together the match beforehand. He works with production Make sure the big spots they've got going on going to be captured on screen. And then as this report is coming out, this author, Brian R. Solomon, who's written a, a handful of nonfiction pro wrestling books that, and I'm not a big reader, but I read the reviews. Seems this guy's really got his stuff together. Um, he noted the following on Twitter in regard to the report. He said, when I recently interviewed Bret Hart for my book, he told me that he offered to agent for them, but they only wanted to bring him in as a manager like Tully, Arn, Jake, etc. Imagine having the ability to have Bret Hart coach your talent and saying, no, we would just like you to be a TV character. So I woke up yesterday, Kevin. I have this Orange Cassidy story, and I have this Bret Hart story that are tied together because everybody's kind of bouncing these two things off each other. Then I go, I write the headline, AEW reportedly gives Orange Cassidy role Bret Hart wanted, which is a factual statement. But the response that I got to this headline was how dare they pick Orange Cassidy? That shit insane. Okay, I have been inundated. Okay, some people don't like the phrasing of the headline; they think it's clickbait or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. I think it's a perfectly well stated excellently crafted <laughs> headline i think it is a perfect goddamn headline and i have not said one word about this on social media i stand by that headline all day it is a fact aew reportedly gave orange cassidy a job that bret hart wanted now i'm not saying that they passed over bret hart to give orange cassidy this job but bret hart wanted this job offered this job <laughs> And they said no, but Orange Cassidy later, I'm guessing at a different time, um, they gave him this job. So I think the reason that this was so triggering to people is because even people that love Orange Cassidy don't want to believe that, that, that like he can have this job and Bret Hart can't, right? And <laughs> it, it was just, you know, because... It's. I feel like the people that are most upset about this this story are real Orange Cassidy defenders, right? Okay. They don't. They don't want to get. They don't want to get in the middle because everybody loves Bret Hart, and they don't want to say Orange is better than Bret. That's fine. I understand that. the 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 fact of the matter is, Bret said, "I will be an agent," and they said, "No." And Orange Cassidy became an agent. That's the crux of the headline. I took two stories, made them one. I'm I'm okay with it. Well, Nick, you know this too from reporting, and, and this is me even working with you and talking to sources. There's only so much we know, you know. So I mean, like maybe maybe there was something with the Brett deal and something he put out there that just wasn't syncing up with their financing of how they want to finance people in production, not just talent. How much how much you want to pay those people to be on the road? Is this something where it's simply just a, a, a simple added role to his current contract? Or you're not paying him more money. We don't know that. It could be something like that where this is just a trial run to see how you feel about being a producer. They did this with Matt Hardy in WWE. They've done this with several different people in WWE in terms of that producer-agent role. 
Uh, and there's some people who've been doing it in AEW for a while, and we didn't even know they were doing it. Uh, Chris Hero was an example. There was, he was in line to be doing that for some time before yeah. it was public knowledge, right? Correct. Um, and so I'm of the thought, it's like, it's okay. It, it's not a slight at Brett. That This is the thing they want to do with Brett, and Brett wanted to do something else. And maybe they don't want to spend the same type of money they have to spend on Brett to not have him on camera. If you're going to get Bret Hart, you want the attention uh, that one of the greatest Canadian athletes, celebrities of all time will bring you on your television program. And I understand that. But also, I think Bret working in an agent role would be awesome. He's such a smart guy. He knows how to get so much out of two bodies in a ring telling a story. And, and that's still the stake of the business. And AEW is such a wrestling in the ring, bell to bell focused thing. So I, 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 I get guess it. I guess it's one of those things. And I, you know what? This will probably get brought up to Tony Khan. I'm gonna guess on a media call here or an interview very soon, and hopefully we'll get more details on exactly how this played out. But on the surface, it's like Tom Hanks comes to your play, and Tom Hanks is like. <laughs> You guys have a lot of talent. I'd love to work with you guys to be better actors. And they're like, only if you're Othello. And he's like, yeah. well, first of all, that's not a good role for me for a lot of reasons. Wait, are you, did you turn down Tom Hanks as a director on your movie? <laughs> no, I didn't. But, like, imagine doing that. But and Othello, bet, let's say Macbeth, okay? Um, Man, our, our pitch for Russell's own, Russell, Russell's own Pig the movie is not going well. No, it's going very, very badly. But Tom Hanks... It's like befuddled. I would have loved to have helped you all. And they're like, well, if you don't want to be Macbeth, you don't get to be here anymore. And he leaves. Right. So it, it seems a bit like that on the surface. Right. Um, so I, I'm, I'm wondering if there's more to it. But I mean, it's you know, I would be remiss if I did not point out the refrain of different people we've heard from over the years that say AEW talent doesn't really want to listen to more veteran voices from the back. That was like CM Punk's. That was one of the big things he went in on. It's not like they don't Adam have veteran Cole voices there already. What? Like they, got, they have Dean Malenko's involved in the company. Arn Anderson is involved I, I, in the company. At various points, I've talked to these agents, producers, and there is a bit of frustration. Okay. And you know, where it's like, you know, some people listen, some people don't. Mm. Like, is having somebody with the cachet and the this is the right way to do it mentality of Bret Hart in an environment where there's people saying, that was your way. Mm -hmm. We have a little different way, right? I mean, I think Brett as an agent for Collision would be spot on right now. But do the guys over on Dynamite want Brett Hart being like, you know, why are you stabbing him with a screwdriver, right? Why are you <laughs> dropping thumbtacks through a goddamn cage? Why are you lighting each other's shoes on fire? You know, there's safer, easier, better ways to maybe tell a story. I don't <laughs> Maybe, Maybe there's just maybe there was a disconnect. I'll throw that out, you know? It, it's, it is an issue with AEW where it's definitely, you know, what's the critique is the the indie standouts who were, who were draws on the independent level, not at the television level, uh, get it brought in and get a billionaire boost from Tony Khan and become platformed basically up. And now they don't want anyone else getting in that bubble. But now there's some people getting in that bubble and that division, that generational issue. But you don't see that with WWE because WWE, it's always been top down. Here are the people you answer to. Here's the structure. And AEW is still a very new company where that structure is still being created in front of people in real time with real money being spent at the same time. Uh, and But this is still a company that's going to sign probably the second biggest, if not the biggest non-WWE television contract in a long, long time come up here at some point with Warner Brothers. So, I mean, everyone being critical of this decision, it's still a show that's performing very, very well. Both shows, Dynamite and Collision. Yeah. Uh, for, for what is invested in them on cable television in 2023. That's a very good point. Yeah, Collision remains a top five entity. As of now, they dipped that one pre-tape week, but I believe we haven't got the official ratings back. I saw Kanoa yeah. had some fast nationals up that I'm going to, I guess you know where he got those from. Um, but uh, yeah, it does appear that we're once again going to get about 560 to 580,000 viewers on Saturday night for Collision. And truthfully, I, I watched Collision this week. I I liked it. It didn't have the same kind of kind of meat, I think, that the previous two weeks it had with all the Bullet Club gold and FTR and uh, and CM Punk um, in, in, the, uh, in the top spot kind of stuff. But it still had, you know what? They were riding a wave of that momentum. I thought they did a really good show. And I'm interested to see the direction they go in here. I mean... Ricky Starks and Punk, that's an, a very interesting combination when people really seem to want to love Ricky Starks and not like CM Punk in Canada at the moment. <laughs> but they're playing it. 
You know, the, 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 the crowds are not quiet when either guy comes out, and they're getting the reactions they kind of want for both guys, too. Yeah, so, Punk's having to hug Darby Allen pretty tight right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. But they're not quiet. You know what I mean? No, no. no There's no crickets no. when he comes out, you know? No. Uh, well, you actually to put a button on this real quick, because we kind of got diverted talking all about Sorry. Brett and forgot about Orange Cassidy for a second. It's fine. I In an ideal world, just like I tweeted, I'd love our Orange Cassidy and Bret Hart to both be agents for AEW, right? I think Orange Cassidy is arguably... One of the best wrestlers on the planet right now certainly has his own style. It's a little bit more updated, modern style than when Brett was actively working in the ring. I could see those two minds working really well together. I don't really Wait. think that they should be at odds. Nick, what if Bret Hart manages Orange Cassidy? What if he comes in and you bring him in and he goes, listen, no, kid, we're going to have to get you down to the dungeon. You're really going to have to grab a hold. And we're going to have to get you in some real tights here, all right? And if you're going to wear sunglasses, you only have Anvil cutting the promo, okay? <laughs> and just, just gets it down to, like, really, really simple stuff. I uh, There's a little Irishness in your Bret Hart. Sorry. Yeah. There. <laughs> it was really good. It's I love good it. Bret Hart. But I, I love it. I don't think Bret's coming back around. I think he's under that no. Hall of Fame and Legends deal, and I think he's very happily off, though. They got their one spot at Double or Nothing, the OG pay-per-view where he, where he debuted the belt. Um, and we were talking about uh, blood and guts here. You talk about viewership. Let's get at a couple of the numbers here before we get back to some stories. So Warner Brothers Discovery put out a press release yesterday. Um, it says, as the number one cable telecast on Wednesday, July 19th from 8 to 10 p.m., the live AEW Dynamite blood and guts show from the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts, dominated cable on the night, reaching more than 2.5 million total viewers on TBS. It was the Ooh. highest rated most watched prime time in that demo in more than two months for TBS. They really hit that male demo. So I've had a lot of people ask how you get to that reach of 2.5 million total viewers. It's got to be the P it's got to be the whatever P3s, the day, the three day yeah. DVR average brought in on top of the live viewership, <laughs> which is still very, very good. Cause there's so many people in wrestling that just see the next day number and think that's the only number, that there's only one number on a show. Imagine how much more information they have about WrestleMania viewership a month out, you know, uh, and so a month out from the event. And it's just working in media. Those ratings the next day are an average, like, base level number. It's not the definitive number. Another thing with ratings in 2023, it's still, like, massively flawed. It's just indicative of just a slice of the pie and that's the number they have to play off of and that's really the number that's sold to advertisers monday night raw is getting what 1.5s 1.8s in that direction in that range right it's probably still as an audience of four to five million people across the united states when you legitimately think about how many people watch the show how many people are not nielsen households tons of people one nielsen household represents tens of thousands of people and that's the rating system that we still have in 2023 that doesn't apply social media that doesn't apply active people like dvring the show doesn't not be doesn't apply people like streaming it on hulu the next day in most cases so i mean when you think about that number like yeah there it doesn't surprise me that two to three million people are watching uh dynamite on a weekly basis and and we don't really get access to the streaming numbers because you're right no. tbs tbs has an app that you could go and stream content on tbs you can watch tnt i have a tnt app here on my roku in my office um it is wild to me because while it seems like it should be getting easier to track viewership it's somehow becoming harder because mm -hmm. like back in the day you just blasted this like satellite signal or whatever and it just caught a dish right an antenna and then you just kind of got it that way how do we really measure that you got to install these boxes now we have like dvrs where you would think we should be able to pretty easily know on this machine what is being watched right you take the machine numbers you combine them with the stream numbers that you have on your app and then the boom machine stream number comes together. Boom machine stream number <laughs> comes together. And that's the number we look at. Right. The problem is most, uh, you know, big media outlets, they don't want to release all those numbers because while some shows like Dynamite do very, very well, you don't really want to know that other shows, you know, are only getting 10, 15,000 views on a streaming platform. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you get this kind of selective release of like what is real i do think it is a flashpoint 
when we see these press releases go out with this information because you know that it is a hot point for them, this is as this is the top line for where they wanted to go out. We also had a couple WWE press releases this past uh, this past week. Um, this past Friday night SmackDown drew the highest viewership ever for FS1 uh, on with SmackDown. That was the big tribal. Uh, what, what did they call it? The tribal meeting to determine tribal battle. Tribal the terms of engagement. Like they wanted to set the terms of engagement. They they had to do another framing device to do a promo in the ring, which I understand. I'll at least give them credit. Like, hey, we can't have either one of these guys having a match before SummerSlams. How are we going to do this? How are we going to make this feel more eventful? I mean, they did it at Madison Square Garden. You know, that trial, mm-hmm. the tribal chief did massive numbers and people are eating this up no matter how much people say you're putting roman out there and he's not wrestling you're putting jay out there and he's not having a match and you're getting it was like the match is already set these characters are so big that you don't want to give away them having a match right now and i don't blame it when you see the when you see what's coming out the other side the the numbers are saying don't let these guys really go at it until we get to detroit SummerSlam. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's been it's very well it's being very well played, very slow played. It is one of those things where I'm getting a little kind of wore out on the framing mechanisms, yeah. as you put it, right? Where it's just like another way to say we're all going to talk in a ring together with microphones. Maybe a table will be involved. Mm. Um, this sh- this storyline has definitely got an audience behind it, right? There are a lot of people that are just trailing this thing. It is a big testament that they did this well on FS1, where people had to like people like me because I was I had to go find it another way because it wasn't on my dvr and i was like where's my smackdown i had to go find it you know so it's a difficult thing to keep track of right um and just good news for them it was also good news uh that wwe had its highest attendance and highest grossing live events in mexico in 12 years over the weekend they did super shows both nights big crowds uh lots of heat for dominic mysterio which has just kind of been a refrain like every day, this guy just goes pisses everyone off. It's he's, wonderful. He, well, he's got to be the biggest heel in the business right now. Oh, don't say that. You got some MJF fans. They're gonna tell you how yeah. much they like him. Well, you know, <laughs> is he doing? Is he doing these numbers though? I mean, is he doing this type of business? It's, but the thing is, like, I, okay, I look at Dominic right now, and he's so good. He's so on. And now, because I was a little ahead, I feel like on really jumping on the Dominic Mysterio train, I'm already thinking babyface now. Like, and I know it's like a year away. I know it's like a year. The reactions are so good on him, man. The reactions are, he got the, the reaction he got on Monday Night Raw. They had everybody in the Judgment Day come out and they all ran down each other and they made the group look big and we're all going to win belts. We all got this, right? Now let's introduce Dominic so that we can have this delayed reaction for him coming out, getting sustained booze now the crowds are trying to top each other so that he can't cut his promo and they can boo him that is old school white hot on the grill heat i just i just saying i agree look and i think there's a real good point to be made about how the crowd feels a part of it with dom like you want to be louder than the last city yes and it's really going from there which is fun to watch i just think that there you know there's only so far you can take this right they're doing a great job slowing it down they got the nxt title on him they'll keep him on that i don't know if in a year or so he's in the world title picture or not maybe like the mid-card title picture but it does start to kind of you know it starts to make a little bit more sense to me obviously money is a big motivating factor for ray mysterio Mm -hmm. but he's openly on the record said he really just wanted to come in get dom over and then kind of be done like retire you know i interviewed ray uh, about five years ago uh when when he kind of came back to wwe and it was clear that something was going to happen with dominic then uh and then the pandemic happens and all these different changes happens and but then dominic gets rolled out that big SummerSlam match a couple years ago in in the pandemic the best part of that SummerSlam was roman coming back and dominic mysterio having a debut on pay-per-view having his first real match on pay-per-view with seth rollins and since then things cooled off i did this big video it's up now on sports keto wrestling's channel about how they there was this excitement about dom as the new mysterio and then it it kind of came down because you saw like the the framing that wasn't going to work like it was just too easy to say oh he's just there because he's Rey mysterio's kid like that seems like an easy write-off for some very casual fans right now those same casual fans there's a couple people they're tuning in to see. Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, Rhea Ripley, Dominic Mysterio. 
In terms of the four people in WWE, you can say that fans are talking about the most. It is not out of line to say that Dominic is someone that people are talking about. They're entertained by his interaction with, with Rhea Ripley. They're entertained by that very unique uh, presentation. They're, but at the same time, for casual diehard fans who've been with it, guys like you and me, he's a no good dirty heel. Stealing belts from people, stealing finishes, and, making his way town to town, finding another trick to get his way through it. And also, he lost at WrestleMania. He lost the all these big matches. He lost to Cody Rhodes. Still over. Still I, I, over. I'm just saying that the moment, like in a year or so, when he has he comes to save the day and he saves his dad, mm. and they bury the hatchet, mm-hmm. and they have a big moment, and Dominic is one over the crowd. This guy has the potential to be a huge, marketable, merchandise-moving machine if done correctly because it's like the rubber band effect. You pull them hard this way, when they snap back, it's going to be just about as much momentum. And I really see that with Dom right now. With as much heat as he's getting, wait until the audience plays the game of cheering Dominic Mysterio louder. It's going to be a very... He almost... Because part of it is when he debuted, there was no crowds. So, So, like, you know what I mean? Like... He came on television with his dad, and then they did the slow burn to the turn. I was at WrestleMania this year. The reactions he got when he had that match with his dad, which I think is a really underrated match. I thought they hit that perfectly. Everybody had a different role to play, and people cared. Latin American wrestling fans care about lineage. It is something they maybe buy into more than most audiences around the world in wrestling. They truly love the idea of someone maintaining the mantle, the mask, whatever you want to say. And there was a lot of them that were like, just saying, get him. If he went off on his mom, it isn't right. You don't do that. And they bought into it big time. And I do think it's a market that WWE needs to serve more. And I think how things come out of the pandemic, we're readjusting to that. Uh, You see these numbers in Mexico. They could play a stadium in Mexico. They They could play those places and make real money. And you've seen it with the international shows, the money they made over in Europe. They keep talking about these big. If you tell me that the, you know, there was a, I don't want to say a Royal Rumble or something like that, but something similar to what we had at Backlash, you know, where you go and say the the country we're in is a part of the presentation of the show. I think doing a show in Mexico, Santos Escobar is now a bigger star, right? Yeah. Uh, Zelina Vega is still there. Rey Mysterio is still Rey Mysterio, right? You could do some real business, and if you have Dom ready to go for that, that could be even bigger. I think that these super shows were a test for the big pay-per-view because it's not really a huge secret that WWE has often struggled to connect with fans in Mexico the same way that other other markets have. So I I definitely think this was a test. I think it went really well. I think it's not crazy to think that we're going to see a pay-per-view in Mexico, but I think the reason you haven't seen them jump into that market as quickly as they have other markets is just because – the track record is not quite as proven for WWE in Mexico, mm-hmm. and and I and I think that may be changing. Dominic is certainly going to be a great conduit for that, if possible. Um, while we're talking about generational talent here, uh, let's talk about Brian Pillman Jr. Mm. Um, got let go, or did not? I shouldn't say let go. Contract wasn't released, renewed when it came up here earlier this month over at AEW. He did a signing, a virtual signing for Captain's Corner, where he noted he has a huge opportunity coming up. Now the Wrestling Observer. Uh, saying that he has been spotted at the WWE Performance Center, but he's not likely to be signed until the Endeavor merger goes through. That goes in contrast to what our friends over at Body Slam are saying, which that they're claiming he already has a deal in place or is about to sign and will be moving to Orlando in late August to start training. Um, you know, very interesting situation here with Pillman Jr. The hiring freeze, I don't know if I would say is real, but I did just have a conversation with Fuego Del Sol, who is a free agent himself right now and is yep. testing out those waters. He seems to think there's a freeze going on right now <laughs> until this Endeavor merger goes through. So as much as I love Cassie and Body Slam, I do lean a little bit more towards the Observer report here that they're going to wait at least a couple months for this merger to go through before they start opening the pocketbooks and spending any real money. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, 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 wrong. But everything that I've heard up until this point would would point to a situation more like that. Well, wouldn't that make that uh, bidding war of 2024 even more interesting than it already is? Sure. Uh, this lines up with a lot of different things that are happening that we'll just tack on here. I know we're just talking about Brian Pillman, who seems like a, a mid-level player. He's a great mid-card talent. He can become a big star. Didn't get to do that in AEW, uh, but I do think he did some things that were like, hey, this guy's got something. I, I've heard great things about Brian. I, just, I think he's one of those guys that just 
got lost in the shuffle and unfortunately happens in the wrestling business. Um, but I do think he's worth a time for WWE to say, let's bring you in NXT. Let's let's have you do something NXT. Uh, and I'm surprised maybe they were going with NXTs because this is a guy who you and I have talked about. This can frame the camera, already knows how to be on television, already knows time cues, which is something that some people in NXT takes a while to learn to hit your minutes. Um, he gets that. Having somebody who's a little bit further down the road than a college athlete you're bringing in from a college football program who can maybe become the next Bianca Belair like they've been able to do with the Performance Center needs someone who's five or six years ahead of the line with them. So I, I think it's a good it's a good call by them in terms of just level of talent and experience and stuff like that. But it does show something. That bidding war, there's a lot of big-name talents who are going to have their con contracts get into play and are going to test the market from both major companies in AEW and WWE in 2024, right as new television contracts are kind of set within that, what, what do we think, October to like the early part of like yeah, October. To, yeah, I would say I, I, everybody by all accounts is saying into the years when we should be seen more definitively. It's, you know, it's the Cody Rhodes situation all over again. And no, nope, yeah. but every, you know, but then once it passed the first of the year, everybody was like, well, they'll figure it out. And then, of course, we all saw that. Did, win. <laughs> they did not, in fact, figure it out. So I'm I'm waiting patiently to see how the end of the year plays out with Pillman Jr. I, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that Brian, uh, has been open about how he really partied pretty hard. He was a little off the rails oh, okay. uh, down in Jacksonville mm. when he was uh, going through the pandemic, a little out of the pandemic era when those guys were down there just kind of making a life during this weird time. He had to go leave and get his head clear. I know that he made some personal decisions to get himself on a better track. I do believe that a lot of those kinds of whims led to him maybe not getting the push or uh, – whatever you want to say in AEW that maybe he could have gotten. Um, and that's, you know, as a young guy, yeah, they uh, tried a little bit here and there, but they never went full force. And them. I think, I think it's, but I think it had a lot to do with the outside the ring stuff. I truly okay. do. And, and, and that's just based off of things that I know about Brian and things that he said publicly about the situation. He was partying really hard. He had to go back home. I think he moved back to Cleveland, cleared his head, you know, got, got himself back on the straight and narrow. He's out right now. I know he's got a, it looks like a wonderful girlfriend and he's doing the independence right now. Uh, based on the body slam report, he's canceled a lot of commitments that he had later in the year, probably paving the way here for WWE. Always a sign that you get a contract coming up. Hopefully, this is a play. Hopefully, this could be a space where Brian gets to be the best version of Brian that he can be. Because mm -hmm. I think, I think there were some issues with Brian that it maybe I think immaturity is probably the best word to use here that probably stood in his way. And I could say that for other, I think Matt, Hart, I think Matt Riddle, maybe not where he probably could be right now because of some very similar issues, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, again, I hope these guys can, can everybody can just get it together and, you know, be the best version of themselves and contribute the best version of themselves um, back to the game. And I am hoping the best for Brian in that situation too, but I do lean more towards him having some kind of an agreement in principle and then a harder agreement once the endeavor thing goes through. That's my personal take on it. So, and a lot, yeah. And like all the second generation, you talk about him working with Dom, him working mm -hmm. with Cody, a lot of stories you can play with there. So, absolutely, dude. There's a, and there's a, he's got a lot of history. The documentary sort of already has its first chapter done. You know what I mean with him, you know? Sure. So, uh, plenty of stuff there, plenty of stuff to work with. All right. Uh, Wrestling Observer, some updates on Kevin Owens and Liv Morgan, who both were, they both suffered beatdowns on Raw last night. Kevin Owens got jumped by the Judgment Day. Actually, both were beaten down by the Judgment Day. A lot of heat on the Judgment Day. They're, they're, uh, they're getting into it with everybody from every different direction, man. So good. Uh, well, anyway, finish my thought on this before I go ADHD onto something else. Uh, the Observer saying both of these people actually injured, uh, likely to miss some time here uh, because of uh, legitimate injuries. So, Wishing them both a, a speedy recovery, um, Kevin Owens and, and Liv Morgan. And man, Kevin Owens, WrestleMania was awesome, right? Dude, that main event with the that, Usos and everything. I but, think when we get to the end of the year, we're talking about match of the year. Like it's it's in that conversation with the Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, Forbidden Door match. It's in the conversation with a bunch of other just big banger bell to bell matches. It's I've been to a handful of WrestleManias. That is one of the most satisfying WrestleMania matches I've ever seen. Where I walked out and I was like. I don't know what you want to be critical of in that match. If we weren't getting Cody, we got that it, you know, in terms of like the big good guy beat the bad guy moment. And you got so much emotional investment and so many people cared about it. Uh, I loved it. I, I was hoping that because 
they were featuring Owen and Zane more, and they were getting into real, more in-depth tag team storylines that just didn't have the Usos tied to because the Usos yeah, now were completely off it, with Roman. It doesn't, I, it doesn't feel like a tag team to me. It hasn't in a while. It feels like two dudes that are a tag team. Yeah. And uh, that's like, you know, kind of been a knock on WWE in years past. You know, the Usos did their best to really try to, you know, obviously they're one of the best tag teams of all time, if not the best. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I don't know. They, I don't know that they've helped the tag team division. I think they're both very entertaining performers. Kevin Owens has obviously been gutting through some stuff. Sami Zayn did the honors for Dominic Mysterio. Granted, they were dirty last night. Um, they're just a very different spot than they were just a few months ago. Which is, um, is that an injury thing? You know, it was, did you get, were these guys yeah. banged up coming out of WrestleMania? And now you got to slow it down and keep them going, but work around it. And now you're in this spot. Yeah. Uh, and Liv Morgan is always, I mean, she's Teflon at this point. I think no matter what, the fans just love Liv Morgan. She's got this energy about her. She's, you know, bona fide, you know, credentialed. She's held, world, you know, the top title. She's a player. I, I, I hope she comes back on the other side of this whatever she's dealing with, uh, feeling a lot better. You know, That won't stop the internet from saying they're Barry and Liv. Look at the yeah, reaction they, Liv's getting. They're Barry. Or they, she's one half of the women's tag team titles. Like a t- She's going to be featured in a movie this year. She's going to be like WWE has to kind of sign off on you doing that and getting that time. They've used her in so many different marketing events, which you know internally is always a sign that the company has some trust in you. Uh, when you when you can do those things with licensing and marketing agreements and showing up for a sponsor and stuff like that, it's always a sign that the company likes you and trusts you a lot. Uh, she's in a good spot. I don't think anyone who's a Liv Morgan supporter should be worried about this. And, uh, of course, on Raw, a lot of matches were finalized for SummerSlam. Uh, let me run down the card here real quick, and we'll just kind of give our quick takes on it. I'm going to do a more in-depth preview with Jimmy Corderas next week. Uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, with Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa is going to take on Jey Uso in a tribal combat match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship and recognition of Tribal Chief. Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar, three. Rollins, Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. Asuka, Charlotte, Bianca, triple threat for the Women's Championship. Ricochet, Logan Paul. Rousey, Shayna Baszler in a fight. Don't know what that means quite yet. And Gunther versus Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship. It's a pretty loaded card for me. On paper. Right? A lot going on there. A lot going on there. <laughs> loaded, loaded card. On paper, there's a lot of big names. This is just, wow. We're a year into Triple H's WWE, and it still is. You know, Vince McMahon comes in and makes changes. I, I think I think we're I think we're three months into Triple H and Vince's WWE. Yes. We're about three months removed from Triple H's. Just WWE. flip the names. It was Vince McMahon and Triple H's. Why's everybody was... got to have like a like a dirty Dom or a big Bronson? Like I hate that. Like it's so dumb. Why? Why do we need that for everybody? What, what, elaborate. What are you saying here? Like that, they, they all have nicknames now. Have you not seen this? Vince is back to giving everybody. Effing nicknames again. He's not Dominic Mister. He's Dirty Dom. Not Bronson Reed. He's Big Bronson Reed. Like who needs like Bearcat Keith Lee? Who gives a shit? Who needs these monikers? Right? <laughs> if it was a cool moniker, Scottish psychopath, great, love it. Big, gives a Dirty fuck. Dirty Dom though, has a ring to it though. <laughs> dirty Dom is fine. It's like Dirty, dirty Dom sounds like the guy who's at your bar and he comes in at two a.m. You're like. Oh, Dom's here. I got to get out. Gotta, but I don't need to see the word dirty in quotation marks. I can see, I call him Dominic and call him Dirty Dom. Like it's cool that way. Right. I don't need to, I don't need to, I don't need to be called Seth, quote unquote, freaking Rollins. Right. I know, I guess he loves it, but I don't need that one either. I toss them all. You know, there's a couple, like, if you're going to do it, make it a cool moniker. If not, if it's a one word thing, I'm over it. I don't need it. That's not for me. Okay. Go ahead. Oh man, it's just the, the, no matter what. Look at these numbers, man. Ratings are up on Raw and SmackDown at such a good time when you're in, when you're thick into this non. You can now negotiate with any party for the television contracts now for Raw and SmackDown, which are the most profitable investments they have that they can turn over. And you have multiple stars. We're talking about a card. We brought up Owens and Zayn. They're not on this show. You know no, what I mean? They're not. There's a lot no. of big names that are not on that card. In the weed that we brought up that are not present, uh, that are still doing things on television. AJ Styles, not on that show. You know, uh, you know, some other big names. Rey Mysterio doesn't have a match on this on this pay-per-view. Uh, and, but, I mean, you're bringing up these names, and it's interesting how this is all playing out. You have a big pay-per-view. Everyone's talking about big returns. The Bray Wyatt Undertaker stuff came up yesterday. 
how could that play out? I don't know how you would just insert him into the show somehow. But with these big quarterly pay-per-views, the expectations are high. But the expectations are high also now from casual wrestling fans, not just the diehards. You have casual fans that kind of come and go, right? The people that would tune out after WrestleMania season, you and I are always talking to around a Royal Rumble party. They kind of just get back into baseball or whatever in the summer happens, right? Uh, those, I think those fans are still here right now. And that is indicative of what WWE has been doing with a more consistent week-to-week storyline with a big character that everyone's chasing in Roman Reigns and a lot of good supporting stuff underneath it. Man, they they changed up their formula this year a little bit, especially with the Roman beating Cody thing that everybody questioned. But they have filled the time between WrestleMania and SummerSlam better than any time in recent memory. That I mean, maybe ever. Right, mm-hmm. because you bring up a really good point that you didn't feel you, that drop off. No, you didn't you, feel that hangover that we get. Yeah, after you, WrestleMania, you usually get a dip there, and they've really done a good job of, at least on the SmackDown side of things. I think Raw and look, I know we all love Viking Raiders. Show. It, it's not just that, but it's goofy, right? There's like a mm-hmm. goofy where Vince McMahon does goofy shit over there, and it's weird. Um, but I think it's a very, very strong card. Very much looking forward to SummerSlam, and yeah, that Roman Reigns Jey Uso tribal combat thing is going to be just out of this world. I have, I mean. The fact that Roman Reigns has put the tribal chiefdom on the line, does that completely take any realism out that Jey Uso has a chance here? I cannot see Jey Uso walking away as champion and tribal chief out of summer. I, I think, he, I, like I said, I just did this video, Unpopular Opinion, why Jey Uso can't win this championship. It's for Sports Keto on their YouTube. And we kind of had to elaborate on why Roman still has this belt and why everyone thought that Cody was going to get it at WrestleMania. I thought Cody was going to get it at WrestleMania. But you look at the numbers, it's just undeniable. There's still a lot of people that look at Roman like he's the Darth Vader and we're in Empire Strikes Back right now. You know, we're not in Return of the Jedi. We don't have the Jedi to come in and take him out and make him remove the helmet and and say he's sorry that he was evil this whole time. And at some point, maybe that happens. Is that WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia like a lot of people think it could be? Is this a swerve where you go somewhere else with it? There's been years of emotional investment in this character. It isn't just the championship. The championship is just the jewel, right? I'm not diminishing it, but the family is the big selling point here. If I'm WWE, the entire Anawahi family, as many of them as we can get, got to be somehow involved in the presentation of this. The whole tribe has to be there. Afa, Sika, the Wild Samoans, Rikishi, does The Rock have some involvement? Is Tamina there? They all have to be a part of that. And when Jay goes and says, "This is tribal combat. This is the old. This is the old country. This is the old way," and and he goes, "Did the elders approve this? It was their idea." And it was like, okay, now you're bringing in this whole other personal family element, which they've played on and played on and played on. Make it a full fledged, for lack of a better phrase, gimmick and put it around the match. And now I'm okay if Roman even does even more despicable things to make his way out of Detroit with the belt in hand. Well, you bring up The Rock. Uh, Babyface Dwayne The Rock Johnson here, according to Variety, has made a historic seven-figure donation to the SAG-AFTRA Relief Fund. Of course, uh, actors and writers in Hollywood currently on strike right now. And the SAG-AFTRA Foundation's grants deliver up to $1,500 per individual member, but in extreme conditions where there are health issues or other situations that indicate an actor is in serious jeopardy, a lifetime member can receive up to $6,000 in emergency financial assistance. Thus, Johnson's seven-figure donation has the potential to aid thousands of actors between seven and 10,000 members who could use these services. Man, what a... What a great thing that he just did here. You know, I'm really happy to see he's stepping up for the SAG-AFTRA members. I do wonder why he wouldn't push for pro wrestlers to be unionized if he's seen this plight that his fellow actors are going through at the moment. I've heard that conversation with more than a few people. Uh, I was at one point in SAG-AFTRA. I wasn't in the SAG part. I was in the AFTRA part. Uh, And got to see a lot of the internal literature on the lead-up to the announcement of those things. Uh, And I feel for everyone who was in that. I was in that in the broadcasting side and the after side. I'm not currently, Um, but I felt for a lot of people. And and it's a very, very challenging time in the media business with the way things have been moved and pivoted around. And you're obviously seeing, oh, wow, Barbie and Oppenheimer did really well. Well, those are big movies right now. What are we going to be talking about in October uh, when the kind of the fall TV season is supposed to roll out and you don't have complete seasons to work with? 
and we're getting into 2024. We're still seeing this game play out between the big Hollywood studios and stuff like that. The fact that Rock went to people who were on the front lines of that fight on one side and said, this is my money that I've made as a massive, massive movie star that I'm going to pick a side. And also it's worth noting, he's a TV, he's a producer. He's a producer as well. And so the production side is the studios are saying, we don't want to put in this much money. So he's on the studio side and also on the other side. And there's plenty of people that do that. There's plenty of big stars that do that too. But the fact that he took that much money and said, I'm just going to make a charitable donation that is life-changing for some people. And you had studio executives off the record, not saying their names, but being quoted in articles saying our game, at least with the writers in this strike is to drive them into homelessness so that they cave Mm -hmm. and that we'll break them. If we can break the writers, we'll be able to get the actors union sag after to fall with this as well. And that was an, uh, that was a, a stated goal. That was a, a necessary. Yeah, what, uh, yeah, Kevin's referring to a deadline article where yes. there was an unnamed uh, executive that said what it said. That's that I'm just citing the source for what you just said there because it's not mm-hmm. complete. It's not something you found on 4chan or some shit like no, that. No, no. So um, it's a real thing. Um, I didn't talk a, to a guy who knows a guy. Yes, yes, it's great. There you go. Uh, it's a real thing, and it's great what Dwayne did here. I do think that it is certainly a conversation with everything going on right now. Uh, Seth Rollins got some flack for some comments to TMZ about how he stands with the actors, but he hopes because of this, maybe some people check out WWE. I don't know that that's a great, I don't know that that's a great line. I think I would just, he's promoting uh, stuff. Give me a second, Kev. Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know who can't promote stuff right now? The actors in the union, Kev. All right. And (laughs) you know what? Who's not getting paid? The actors in the union right now. If anybody, here's five cents worth of advice to anybody in the business with any clout. It is okay to say, I stand with the actors and writers unions, and then just stop talking. Like, there is no reason to, I don't care how, I don't care how nice you are about it. Gloating about how you have an opportunity to succeed while others are struggling will never resonate, even if said in the nicest of ways. And you can have anybody you want run to Seth Rollins' defense and say, oh, he didn't mean it that way. Doesn't matter. The inherent fact is he said that he was willing to take the people that aren't supporting the actors right now or can't and make them Mm -hmm. fans of his in an environment where there's a non-union standard. And I don't think it's good. And I would encourage anybody (laughs) in this situation to just say, I stand with the actors and writers and leave it at that and not say anything else. Well, I can bring this up because it is such an upheaval thing in in the media world. And we always have those kind of conversations. There are circumstances right now with this strike happening, when it's happening, how it's happening, and how long it can be drawn out that correlate with all those things we were talking about, TV negotiations. You know, AEW is all but going to announce some type of deal in the fall for a new television contract. God willing. That will be a massive deal for that. Probably the biggest deal they've ever signed as a company and maybe the biggest deal since WCW for a non-WWE television wrestling product, right? WWE is going to sign deals that are probably bigger than the, the billion dollar ones they did a couple of years ago, right? All of those happening for a big week to week episodic show that has storylines, much like any other scripted TV show that somehow operates outside of that, right? And now that property is going to become even more valuable because you have with it currently talent that you don't have to deal with in the same way you do on any other scripted TV show. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying it's not that right. is what but it that, is. No, but that's the thing, Kevin. And like bragging about how we are running this like Do you business, think that's do you think that's kind of what he was getting at? It, I mean, but it, even the way you just said it, you're like, yeah. I'm gonna try to say this in a really nice way. Comes okay. off horribly comes off very very badly like i think that it is wrong that they're like imagine the nfl players go on strike okay Mm -hmm. and then a bunch of non-union football players start running games Mm -hmm. and they say hey if you're missing the nfl come check this thing out and all of a sudden those people that were supporting unions by going to union events are now going to non-union events and undercutting the union kevin like you're undercutting the union when you do that. You are it's not the, helping. It's the infamous Tom Green undercutters pizza. <laughs> you are not helping the cause when you do things like that. You are you are a scab in a lot of ways when you do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I would again just recommend to any wrestler trying to keep their you know uh, keep their powder dry. 
do not say anything beyond I stand with the writers and actors union. You are going to open yourself up for a huge onslaught of criticism. And everybody if, else. If that- this thing drags out, and I hope it doesn't, if it keeps going on and on, how easy is it for a big name who's a huge actor that's tied to insurance with productions like a John Cena, a Rock, other some other guys are in that kind of role to a degree. Is there any chance we get to see The Rock just kind of pop up on WWE and do something? Because some people say he needs some good press. Uh, yeah, I mean, totally. I, 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 abs- I absolutely think it's possible, and I think it would uh, start a conversation. Um, where that conversation leads, I have no idea. But mm-hmm. uh, it is. It, uh, the longer this goes on, I think the more scrutiny goes on WWE, and I would not be bringing light to the fact that you are a non-union house and how no. it is great for you in this period of time. That all of the all of these other people who are shutting down trying to protect their the writers too. The writers yeah, are know. not unionized no, for WWE. Uh, yeah. The longer this goes on, I, I guarantee this will become a conversation. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Well, that's it for here today. We have wrapped up the news. Um, I'll be back on Thursday. I'm going to be joined by Paul Pratt, aka Polio Del Mar, talking all the pro wrestling news of the past 48 hours. We're also going to have my WWE Money in the Bank media junket interview with Pretty Deadly. Love this interview. Very, very entertaining. What a great uh, tag team. Great tag team. And, uh, and if you like the show, you like listening to the show, um, go over to the Apple Podcast page for House of Wrestling, five-star rating, nice reviews. All that stuff really, really helps us. We had a banger day yesterday. I know we dropped Fuego del Sol, uh, the interview I did for Inside the Ropes, over on the House of Wrestling podcast feed. Go check that out. Uh, I really appreciate all the support. Um, Kevin. Anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up today? So much. Everything Sports Keto. We're on all the different apps. I'm on the Snapchat. I'm on these different things. I'm doing live streams for them on Facebook as well. Our podcast is up as well. You can get on all the different podcast apps. ton of different things. Two different YouTube channels. WrestleBinge, which is our live shows. And then Sports Keto, which is Sports Keto Wrestling, which is more of the listicle countdown type things. You can hear me on those as well. I did that big Dominic Mysterio one as well. We have a, a fresh interview up with Gunther from the Intercontinental Champion that just dropped. Uh, outside of wrestling, I'm very busy with Roast Battle Chicago, uh, a very big viral project that's been picking up some steam. And we just launched a Patreon, and we have some big shows. We're going to be at Madison Comedy Week in Madison, Wisconsin, coming up August 10th. There you go. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for dropping into House of Wrestling today. Please go over to the door, grab your shoes, grab your coat, grab your hat, grab whatever it is, grab anything that is left over on the kitchen room table. I hate leftovers. Get on out the door. But remember, you're welcome back anytime.